0: You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast with Brian Weber. It's a talk show, we talk. And former Pro Bowl Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart. Hey,
1: get your popcorn ready.
0: NFL No Huddle airs live weekdays from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern on the NFL on TuneIn,
2: your everything audio app. Hello and welcome to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. I'm Brian Weber alongside Cordell Stewart. On today's podcast, we're going to visit with Andy Hart from Patriots.com Radio. And Brian, we're going to kick off the podcast today
1: with the new that Josh McDaniels has changed his mind about joining the Coats.
2: Cordell, another day brings another round of controversy in New England with the Josh McDaniels bombshell. Yeah, for
1: him to not follow through um, on his commitment to this team and his organization with the Indianapolis Coats, uh, it puts uh, people like the GM, Chris Balder, uh, Ballard, uh, in a position that, that's a um, I would say one that's, that's you know, kind of up in the air of, of wondering what's next. And, and, and I, I think when you, when you go to the extent of making a commitment and you go through the process of grabbing maybe some assistance, like when you're being considered the head coach, you have had to have the opportunity or had the opportunity to speak to some coaches, right, to allow them to be your assistant, whether it's offensive coordinator, whether it's quality control, whatever it may be. Any organization for the title that you need to stamp on one of these coaches, you, you have to make sure you go through that process to give, to allow your transition to be pretty good. And I, and I think to get to this point where at the 11th hour, you all of a sudden decide to walk away from it. I mean, I don't think that goes over very well for, not just with the coach, but I think even with other organizations around the national football league, when it comes down to Josh McDaniels, Wanting to have a head coaching job somewhere else, so I think what when you look at it, it's 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 one of those cases where you, it's caused you to scratch your head and wonder what happened, what was said. Matt Patricia's gone to Detroit. He's done his interview, put his pencil in his ear like he does on the sideline without the hat, shaved up the beard just a little bit. But here it is: Josh McDaniels is not following through like Matt Patricia did, and again, it's really put New England. New England it's really put Indy. New England's happy, but they put put Indy I think in a very tough place in trying to figure out how do they go about this process of trying to find the right fit, because it seems as if Josh McDaniels with Andrew Luck could have been a pretty darn good fit, and I know that's what they were wishing for.
2: And some analysts think it was all by grand design. This is the ultimate payback for Deflategate, because Cordell, remember, it was the Colts who reported the Patriots to the league. A lot of Angles to examine this story from. So let's start by taking Andy. You mentioned Colts GM Chris Ballard. He had much to discuss when he met with the media, and he started with a notion of profound disappointment.
3: After the incident yesterday and after the occurrence yesterday with with Josh backing out, uh, we were disappointed. Unquestionably, we were disappointed and surprised. We had agreed to contract terms. Um, We had an agreement in place. We followed all the rules, did everything right. Two interviews, um, both of them went very well. Very confident that we were going in the right direction. Very confident Monday evening and Tuesday morning. And as you could see, we had a plan in place because we made an announcement that Josh was going to be our head football coach. I got a call Tuesday evening saying he had decided to, he had changed his mind and was going in a different direction. And at that point, I informed our owner. Uh, we informed y'all of where we were going, and we'll keep moving forward.
2: Let's bring you more of Ballard's press conference. He talked about how this team is going to try to move on from this bout of adversity.
3: Just know this. Obstacles happen. That's what makes this league great. You know, overcoming the hard times, That's what makes football great. That's what the great lesson of football is, that it doesn't always work out or go the way we mapped it out or we planned it. But it's the mentally tough, gritty people that overcome these things that are successful. That is what we're going to be built on. That's what this city is built on. That's what this organization is built on. And you can bet we're going to get there unquestionably, we're going to get there.
2: Boward went on to say that this news will not slow down the Colts organization.
3: We have a list of candidates. I've had them from the get-go. Look, there's a time frame. There's other guys that we wanted to interview, but because of the playoffs, we weren't able to do. We'll move forward with them, and we will get the right leader for the Indianapolis Colts. One that believes what we believe and wants to go where we want to go. I'm very confident in this.
2: Ballard also provided a update on Andrew Luck trying to come back from that lengthy absence due to the shoulder procedure.
3: At this point, we feel very strongly that Andrew's in a good place. He doesn't need surgery. His strength is good. He's working on his throw motion. um, And he's working on his arm speed right now. He's not picked up a football, um, but he's throwing balls, working on arm speed. He's going to do everything right to get himself ready to play. And I'm very confident, he's very confident, that he's going to come back and prove a lot of people wrong.
2: Finally, Ballard seemed to suggest it was not a coincidence this involved the Patriot franchise.
3: People make decisions. People tell people no every day. They tell people no every day. And that's his prerogative and that's his choice. He chose the path. He chose not to be an Indianapolis Colt. That's okay. We'll move forward. The rivalry is back on.
2: Rivalry back on. Colts versus the Patriots. We're not talking about Peyton Manning squaring off against Tom Brady. Cordell, a lot of directions to take this. Where do you want to start? I just,
1: I just think backing out on a deal is is one that was, you know, it wasn't good. I mean, it just showed to me um, the wavering of a decision to be made and also putting other coaches jobs at jeopardy as well. Guys who left probably some places that maybe get ready to ride out or, or they having to talk to their head coach or their man, the management ownership and saying that they're leaving a the place to go with a guy to, you know, to Indianapolis. And all of a sudden he withdraws from, uh, from the commitment. I mean, that, that is, that is, uh, you know, this is the first time I've ever seen this happen.
2: It may have happened before. It may have not. I'll tell you it, when it happened. Bill Belichick was the head coach of the Jets for less than 24 hours. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that an amazing precedent?
1: Yeah, I mean, it it was. But I think when you look at Andrew Luck and what you thought he could have had, when you look at this team and everything that's wrapped around it for his championships in New England, and then you see that maybe because of what Josh McDaniels has done with Tom Brady, he's done with Tim Tebow, you thought, you know, that maybe that there's an opportunity that he could maybe go to Indy and do something good with uh, uh, Andrew Luck. But when you just back out, when an organization has already shifted their psyche on what's going on and how excited you think they were. I mean, they probably was extremely enthusiastic about this opportunity to take their investment. They have um, in Andrew Luck with 87 guaranteed money, uh, $87 million of guaranteed money being put into his hands. I mean, You you become lost of words, and and it's it's probably one of the hardest and toughest places that a a team could ever want to be in, as you have a guy lined up to maybe somewhat have some form of control. Run the team to an extent, maybe even for the sake of conversation. Even have, you know, some some choices in, 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 in personnel. And here it is. I mean, the contract was already set. We don't know the particulars, but that's what's coming out of out of Indy. And here it is. He backs out. I mean, I don't know, but I've I've never seen anything like this to this magnitude, and let alone, um, you know, that's not what that's not what you do. Uh, I think he's going to have a hard time getting a job wherever else he goes. To be honest with
2: you, if he needs to, because Cordell, what about the notion that there's a handshake agreement in place? And now McDaniels is staying in New England because Robert Kraft told him last night, when Bill Belichick retires, you, Josh McDaniels, take over. So he's not gonna have to look around for the league. He knows that job is waiting for him.
1: But here's my question. Do you want that job? Because you have to assume when Bill Belichick leaves, maybe Tom Brady goes. I know he said forty-five, but do you really want the do you want that job to where you can't even, you know, put your own stamp of how you actually build your football team. I think Matt Patricia, Patricia did it for now. I mean, it was the best to me for him. I think this is going to be a testament to, to how good of a coach he really, really is. You know, he's going to start on the defensive side of the football first. I think he's going to try to establish some form of a running game, not allow it to be just about Matthew Stafford, but build it up to get this team to start winning. And look what they're competing against a Minnesota team. That's hot. A Green Bay Packer team. That's, Hopefully back, it's on the, ri- on the rise again now that you have Aaron Rodgers back healthy. And you have a Mitch Trubisky in that team, in that organization that we've seen them play good football within that division. They're not, they're not afraid to play. So I think Matt Patricia has taken on something that's worthy of an opportunity, I would say, uh, to be much better than what they were. And as I said yesterday, guaranteeing a 100-yard rusher this upcoming season. Uh, with Matt Patricia as the head coach, I foresee it happening. You have one of the best quarterbacks in the game. Unfortunately for the quarterback, they don't win enough. But his numbers are about as good as it gets. And so I think, you know, Josh McDaniels, he could have fallen in that position, but you wonder if and when, you know, he gets to the point where he gets settled in New England. if, if If it's a second that he thinks about how much he may have screwed things up there in Indy. Because of him withdrawing from it. So it had to be someone like Mr. Kraft coming out basically saying that from a handshake standpoint, you can take this thing over. Because that's the only thing I can think of. Mm-hmm. And reason he would want to come back to New England. I would have left and built that football team the way I would have wanted would have wanted to and see what happens. But maybe he's not ready to be a head coach right now. Maybe he may want it. Then why did he take the job? Because he probably felt that he had it. And probably now that they lost the way they did, he probably felt like, you know, with pride, he wants to come back and make another run at it. And try to get Tom Brady his sixth championship. And let him retire and ride off into the sunset and be the quarterback that helped Tom Brady have all the success that he has. That he had, excuse me. So, I, hey. I can't read between – I can't read – I can't go tell you what's happening between his ears, but from the outside looking in, this wasn't good. This was a bad deal.
2: Oh, it's beyond that. It's unprofessional. I think it's immature. And there were questions about his maturity years ago in Denver. And what did we hear from NFL insiders? No, he's grown up. He's figured it out from the past. Well, from a distance, this is not what grown ups do. When you put your name out there and you pledge to do something, in my world, you follow up. And what about all these assistant coaches, Cordell? That McDaniel's was talking to yesterday, a couple of them already working for the Colts now. To the Colts franchise's credit, they're going to honor those commitments. Yeah, How do you back coaches. out
1: on those dudes? Yeah, there's three assistants uh, initially hired to serve with uh, Josh McDaniel's. Is now uh, the Colts will allow them to retain their jobs. But I mean, think about it, man. They were they were prepared to go and play with him, be with him. And so what? Bill Belichick leaves next year. Josh McDaniel, give those three coaches an opportunity to come to New England. I wouldn't go. No,
2: I wouldn't speak to him again. I wouldn't, even, say, I wouldn't
1: even think twice about I'd going. Say thanks, in this Josh,
2: but we're moving in different directions. Have a nice Pretty life bad. in New England.
1: That's ego to me. I think most coaches from any other team probably would sit there and take that job and stand up on their stand on their commitment. I think because of ego and pride and feeling like you know what, ah, oh, you know what the heck I, I want to go back to New England. I, I prefer to be in New England. We're gonna win, you know what? Wait a but I tell you what, that's a, that's a, that's gonna be a rivalry game now. That 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 rivalry, I know it's not Peyton as you mentioned, but it's gonna be something. I think that's going to probably resurface the Colts against the Indianapolis Colts again at some point in time. The problem is you got to play against Tom Brady. Will Tom Brady still be willing and fresh enough and body capable enough of, of making those throws like we've seen him make this past season? You challenge challenge him, you see what you get. Team's not good enough yet in Indy. But you better believe that that is that is a bad taste in their mouth right now in Indy about Josh McDaniels. He better not ever look that way to have an opportunity to get a job. And nothing's guaranteed that he's going to be the head coach in New England if there was a handshake. Nothing guaranteed. So what happens to the other coaches that want to bring him in? Because he's, I think he's, he's a credible coach. You know, I, I I mean, look what he's done with Tim Tebow. I mean, that, I think that's the one you really look at. But I tell you what, man, this is not good this is nah he dropped the ball he fumbled the ball just like tom brady did in the latter part of that game he dropped it and they recovered so can't do it coach can't do it quarterback dropped the ball can't do it coach you dropped the ball can't do it josh can't do it bad move buddy sorry you're done forget about it no other opportunity is going to come your way as a head coach because i know if i'm a gm i'm not giving him a chance
2: Of course, because the whole league is built on relationships. What do you think people are saying about Josh McDaniels today across the NFL?
1: I mean, you think about, I mean, I just saw a piece where Tony Dungy was kind of frustrated and disgusted. Not to the point where he's angry, because he's never really angry, but showing his dislike of of what the move that Josh McDaniels did. You don't do that. You know? So, meanwhile, back at the ranch. Go ahead.
2: To you. Thank you. Well, we'll get mm-hmm. to Detroit momentarily because we're obsessed with beards. Nick Mangold mm-hmm. won the beard competition last week on Radio Row, Minnesota. We'll hear from Matt Patricia saying all the right things about being excited to be a head coach for the very first time, taking over a Lion franchise that has won a single playoff game dating back to 1957. That's coming up. You know I like a good conspiracy theory, but even I cannot embrace the concept that the Patriots organized this entire charade. Because Cordell, it's out there. Somehow, this was an elaborate ruse and a chance for the Patriots to stick it to the Colts. This is the ultimate payback for Deflategate. Sounds good. Good topic in our world. I don't see that. To me, this is Josh McDaniels, for whatever reason, changing his mind. One is allowed to evolve. One can change one's thoughts, but you do it the right way. This relationship, Cordell, has been going on for the better part of three weeks. How many times did we say Josh McDaniels is going to Indy? He had the second interview. He agreed in principle last night. So how does he, in his mind, let's do a little role-playing. If you're McDaniels, how do you justify it to yourself? Can't. (laughs) Well, I'll give you the factors. Andrew Luck, still don't know if he's 100%. If you listen closely to what Chris Ballard said today, we found out that Andrew Luck's still not throwing a football repeatedly. Secondly, maybe he came to his senses and said, do I really want to work for Jim Irsay? I'm not justifying the move. I'm giving you some general principles that could be a play.
1: Yeah, but is Jim Irsay a bad owner?
2: He's I mean, more meddling a few than things Mr. That Kraft is the perception.
1: Yeah, some things weren't said, you know, that were owner-like, if that's the right way of prefacing it. But, I mean, come on, it, it's his football team. And it's not his fault that Andrew Luck wouldn't be able to come back. Andrew Luck is a good quarterback. And I think I just think when it comes down to doing the right thing or right things, um, why not? You know, I mean, that's an organization where he could actually rebuild it and, and, and bring the New England way to Indy and make it Indies way. I mean so I, I just, I mean, the, this notion that they're sticking it back, you know, to Indy because of whatever reason, you know, they may have lost to them or whatever. Oh,
2: because of the flake gate. Because the, the Colts gate turned the Patriots stuff. into the league.
1: Um, You know, I don't think that's the case. I just think maybe that that could have, I mean, it could have been a reason, but it's New England, man. I mean, they're, they're so entitled with their approach approaching, what they do. To me, that's how I see it. Like it, it's it's their way is the way is the only way. No, it's not. Got to be respectful across the board, and to not take the job, there had to be something out there that we know nothing about that causes it to happen. Now you know Josh McDaniels is not going to talk about it at all. Bill is not going to. I mean, if anything, Bill Belichick is going to handle it. Josh McDaniels is not going to have to talk about that. Enough for New England already. They lost. Didn't they lose?
2: Yeah, they did. They lost in Sunday. I just want to
1: make sure. Because I know Nick Foles had a good day. He's going to have Foles a better a, day fact, he tomorrow ball better with than that
2: parade in Philadelphia. It's oh, going to be a man. good day in Philadelphia. Three, oh, man. 3 million I, people on the streets. Oh, so, How many? Three million, 3 million? people. Oh. Anthony Gargano, 97.5. The Fanatic told us yesterday. Crowd estimates projected to be at least three million people tomorrow.
1: That's a lot of people, man. That's... And Philadelphia is so obnoxious when it comes to their passion and what they believe in. And their passion is with this Eagles football team. You know, I mean, it's – it's. I, 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 I wish I could be in a helicopter flying over that city and seeing that. I wish I could. Because there's going to be crowds everywhere. It's going to be crazy, to be honest extremely crazy and to be able to have an opportunity to see that of course you know we're all going to have a chance of watching on our televisions uh but i I just i just see this as something that's you know philly has arrived you know they're 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 at the party they walk they you know they you know they busted they, they, they 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 you know busted their way in and they go in and and all of a sudden here it is they're at the dance you know you know doing the philly special which was the play that actually we ended up seeing Nick Foles catching a touchdown. That's what they call it, the Philly special. Not the Philly cheesesteak, but the Philly special. And So now they're at the dance, baby. They're there they're with the few organizations that have the opportunity to be a part of all the things that we have a chance to see when it comes to the confetti falling out of the sky, not in the conference championship games, but a Super Bowl, and actually sitting there watching and being amazed by the feeling and riding this wave of excitement for at least until the next season starts. So if you're a person that if you're a player that's from Philadelphia, or a person that's from Philadelphia and and you're on that football team and, and all that great stuff, your affiliation of with that city and understanding how that city city is, man, that that is that is tremendous. It's crazy. I mean, we were in the city for the draft that was held there this year. And we saw how impassioned and excited those people were about hosting the draft last year. It was a lot of fun. People just happy and, you know, a bunch of outdoorsy people that just just enjoy life and have a great time and get frustrated at times when they can't win. Rightfully so, because they're passionate and they love their football team. Well, they, they, they have a reason to be in love and loving them now. Because uh, – the land of brotherly love is full of love.
2: Love is in the air. Back to you. But you were going to hop on the love train. Ooh. We'll get back to this tomorrow with the massive gathering coming up in Philadelphia to celebrate their first Super Bowl victory, first football championship dating back to 1960. And to connect what's going on in Indy as the Colts now are scrambling to Find a new head coach. Cordell, that's the other thing. Mm-hmm. If you think about the impact of McDaniels saying no, the entire process is done. Every other team has hired a head coach. Indy was high on Mike Vrabel. Well, he's now the head coach of the Tennessee Titans. They really have to deal with adversity. But according to reports, Eagles offensive coordinator Frank Reich, you talked to him on Monday at the opening night event in Minnesota for the Super Bowl. According to reports, he's now scheduled to interview tomorrow for the Colts' suddenly open head coaching position.
0: You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast, and we'll be right back with more after this. Tune in has what you need and when you want it, when on the run and on the go. Covering all musical needs, today's hits, Latin hits, Kee Willie Williams. <laughs> Beyonce. Country roads, hip hop beats, supporting artists and the music they make exclusively on TuneIn. Welcome back to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. One co-host was the most versatile quarterback of his generation. There goes Swag, up the left sideline, 80 yards for the Steelers touchdown. The other co-host is an Emmy award-winning media elite.
2: How hard could it be? I'm a Stanford right. grad, I'm a genius. But who speaks for the fans
0: on NFL No Huddle? Let's turn to a man whose football knowledge is better than most, but not as exceptional as he believes. Average Abe.
2: And a man whose hot takes are necessary to help us warm up. Did we mention it was cold last week in Minnesota? Yes, it's Wednesday, and I'm still complaining. Average Abe Gordon. Hello, Abe. What's going on, guys? How are you? We're living the dream. This is your segment.
4: Where you didn't do you get enough of me on Monday. You had to bring me back. I love that. That's great. All right, we're going to start with you, Cordell. First okay. question. Go ahead. With Josh McDaniels returning to the Patriots, will he be named head coach whenever Bill Belichick decides to step away?
1: I don't think so. I I don't think it happens. Um, I think someone else comes in and actually gets it going, and and, and I know it's probably a, a thing where you may feel like it's a New England Patriots thing. You keep him around because he knows the organization best, but it's going to be a totally different football team. You end up having Bill Belichick gone, I think you'll have also Tom Brady who won't be there. I think you also have defensive coordinators or even other coaches or players in general. It won't be the same football team, so I think it would be best that they start all over again. But I think this move with Josh McDaniels not taking his job at Indy, uh, I think it really made, uh, i probably say, maybe the taste in some coaches' mouths that may have had an opportunity to be a part of that coaching staff uh, probably a little sour, But but I'll say this. I don't think he'll be back. I don't think he'll be on that team when it's come down to Bill Belichick leaving because I think Mr. Kraft is going to want to start all over again because wherever Bill goes, I think Tom Brady goes. So to have, obviously, Josh McDaniels back, while, yes, that may sound like the most convenient thing to do, I don't think that'll be the best thing to do because anyone following in Bill Belichick's footsteps Will catch total and complete hell because it's going to be hard to follow up with the greatness that he actually possessed since he became the head coach of this football team.
2: Back to you not surprisingly, I'm going to go the other way for two reasons. Clearly, in my view, there's now a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, gentlemen's agreements in place. Josh McDaniels, not officially but de facto, the head coach in waiting, the successor to Bill Belichick whenever he decides to walk away. Secondly. Where else is McDaniels going now? Cordell, he has polluted the entire National Football League. Who could trust him? If he goes through the process again, you know what the first question is. The second question, the third question, how can I buy anything you're saying? You're the guy that backed out of the Colts' opportunity. You left the organization hanging. You left friends, presumably, who you hired as assistant coaches. Josh McDaniels just went thermonuclear for his career. Nobody across the NFL can trust him again, so there's no destination. There's no job on the horizon based on a selfish move, a duplicitous move. On a big word, Wednesday, so put it all together. I think there's a tacit agreement he takes over for Belichick when he steps away. Plus, there are no options for McDaniels. Now it's New England or bust.
4: Yeah, I think Webb hit it uh, right on key. And the other thing I think is if Brady's playing until 45, I think Belichick's out before Brady's done. So McDaniels will have at least one, maybe two years with Brady uh, to, to, to get a jump start on things. So I do think that Brian Weber gets the point. McDaniels, I think, has uh, pigeonholed himself into Patriots or bust. so he will be the next head coach whenever Bill Belichick steps away. Question number two, Cordell trying to catch back up. Nick Foles, Super Bowl champ, backup quarterback. Should he have a statue made of him in Philadelphia?
1: Most definitely. The first Super Bowl. The first Super Bowl for this organization. There's not another one. I know there's a, a many of, of great players that's come through that organization. I get it. There's a many of them. But there's only one Super Bowl. You don't know for sure when you're ever gonna go back again. I think what you do is you do the right thing and you give this guy, if it's not a total, a big one, you give him a bus. You know, it may not be in the Hall of Fame, but it being be in, uh, in, in a hall somewhere in Philadelphia. Why don't you go ahead and give him a shot at it? Why not? I mean, he's a backup coming to the National Football League. Think about how many backups had an opportunity to give their team a chance to, to maybe win a championship. I mean, you go all the way back to Kirk Cousins with the St. Louis Rams, okay? You, you go back with Tom Brady, there, with the and here it is. You go to the land of brotherly love. We heard the callers that call it to the show that talk about their Eagles. Ike Reese to 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 uh, Hugh Douglas and, and many more guys that call into the show. Everybody's jovial. They're really happy right now. Everybody. I mean, this guy is going to cause a tremendous amount of, to me, I would say, controversy in that city because of what he's done and knowing what the organization did to grab a a Carson Wentz moving up in the drafts three spots to grab him. I think what you do is you, you know, you you may want to lessen the blow, but I think many would probably say we need a statue of a of of a Nick Foles. Why not? You think Carson Wentz could have done that? You think anyone else is going to be able to do what he's done? I don't think it's going to happen. And it was a small sample size, but it was the best sample size that you can get of three games of any quarterback in the postseason. So much so, he did so well, he ended up winning, became the MVP. He brought a championship back to Philadelphia Place where they've been dying for one. I mean, how many stars? We had Ron Jarorski. Okay, we had Donovan McNabb. We also had Randall Cunningham. You can even throw Rocky Balboa in the mix. But instead, and even go back to basketball, you have Charles Barkley. You have Allen Iverson. Dr. J. George Foreman. I mean, even he's a Philly guy. But none of those guys are as, as impactful to that city, I think, as... A Nick Foles and how he's done it with grace. Think how he did it beating and on top of he beat Tom Brady. Allegedly the GOAT. I don't think any other win against any other quarterback will be as significant as this one. When it comes to Nick Foles in a city of Philadelphia, the land of brotherly love. Go ahead, Brian Weber.
2: Go ahead. Of course, stunningly, I'm going to go the other way. Not just to be a contrarian. Let's go through the history of Philadelphia sports. And this is a football show. As much as we love the NBA, I'll focus on the National Football League. How many statues of former Eagles are currently on display in the city of Philadelphia? They have Rocky Bell but go ahead. How many football players? This will be the first. How go many? Ahead. Okay. So you're going to now start the precedent with a backup quarterback who may be traded in the offseason? Super Bowl. He's staying. I understand. There's a real possibility first Super Bowl ever. If go somebody ahead. were to, thank you for chiming in, overwhelm Howie Roseman. I don't think it's going to happen, but we play the hypothetical game. What if the incoming call says to the Eagles, we're going to give a first or second round pick for Nick Foles. He'll be dealt. Even if that's not the case, you're not erecting a statue for a backup quarterback. Because as much as we believe that Carson Wentz is a fine young man, great to see him getting engaged this week. He said all the right things. If you build a statue commemorating his backup, he's human. Wentz would have normal feelings and emotions. You could potentially undermine his confidence. So I'll start with history as my guide. There are no statues currently honoring actual athletes, because last time I checked, Rocky Balboa was a fictional character that they stole from the great Chuck Wepner, the Bayonne Bleeder. There are no football players honored with a statue. You're not going to start with the pressing of a backup quarterback. Plus, I do think when we get to the start of the regular season, Nick Foles will be playing for another team. That's my answer, Abe. How do you see it?
4: Nick Foles will be back as the backup quarterback. And normally, I would agree with you, Weber, but Cordell brought up one significant point. This is the first and only Super Bowl championship uh, in history of the Philadelphia Eagles. And for that reason alone, I think he deserves extra recognition uh i would give him a statue of philadelphia now it would be connected to the stadium something close right there i wouldn't put it on steps or anything like rocky but i wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if he gets something special uh a couple years from now I agree good job question number three keeping in the super bowl cordell Oof. what was the bigger blow to the patriots chances of winning brandon cooks leaving the game early not returning or bill belichick's decision not to play malcolm butler
1: Hmm, that's a good one, Abe. That's a really, really good one. Well, I'll tell you what, they still were capable of putting up 33 points. So offensive- offensively, I thought they was effective enough. It's just, of course, Philadelphia was more effective by being able to attack an Eric Rowe uh, and any other player on that football field. I mean, you gave an opportunity. Let's, let's just put it this way. You know how sometimes you hear the conversations of quarterbacks knowing that I have prime time over to this side. We're not calling Malcolm Butler prime time. Uh, You almost also have a Richard Sherman over on this side. You have a Ty Law over there. I think a Malcolm Butler is the equivalent on this defense of that type of an impactful player. The two times that we saw Malcolm Butler actually have end up getting beat a lot in game in the games, it was. When we saw Julio Jones take that one catch from over his head when the ball was underthrown by Matt Ryan, uh, and that was his first town, first, first touchdown of the season there in Foxborough, and also when he went to New Orleans, when he went to Pittsburgh, and had to go against a Martavis Bryant as well as an Antonio Brown, and we saw him get beat a couple times. Other than that, he pretty much owned the receivers. So I think as a quarterback, if I'm a backup and I'm a Nick Foles on the biggest stage of football and I have to look over to my left, and I see a Malcolm Butler, a guy who's taken pretty much all of the snaps as the corner on this football team, I probably wouldn't want to go that way or be too excited to to just take a chance of throwing the football to that side. If anything, I would be conscious and maybe look at it for as long as I could and go to my next guy. I think the impact of a Malcolm Butler would have been much more tremendous than what we've had an opportunity to see with an Aaron Rowe. And yeah, okay, Brandon Cooks, he was missing. But he still was. they were still capable of creating plays. The reason why this team lost wasn't because they didn't have Brandon Cooks. The reason why this team lost, in my mind, is mainly because they didn't have that effective player or at least the threat, the thought of a threat, of a Malcolm Butler on the field. Go ahead, Brian, back to you.
2: And to demonstrate I'm not a contrarian, Cordell, you nailed it. You said it right in every sense of that argument. The Patriots didn't lose because they had a problem scoring. And yes, the counter is. Scoreboard, they were technically outscored. They were piled up points. They were moving the football. Tom Brady better than 500 passing yards. It was not an offensive liability. It was the ability of Nick Foles to pick apart a secondary that undeniably could have used Malcolm Butler. And while I have a moment, because we like to filibuster on this show, can we dissect a new hot take out there? that Bill Belichick somehow is protecting Malcolm Butler by not explaining why he was benched, that's garbage. That is a Patriot spin. That's somebody trying to curry favor with the organization. Belichick doesn't owe me anything. He doesn't owe you anything. But he owes Patriot fans an explanation as to why he did not have the best assemblage of talent on the field. But we know how that organization works. We're never going to know the truth. But, yes, Cordell, I could have saved us two minutes, but I wanted to opine. It's a talk show we talk You got it precisely right. This was about defensive issues, not about the absence of Brandon Cooks. Abe in the second half.
4: I agree with both of you, so I'm going to give a a split point there. If you wanted to make the decision the other way, I would say that the Patriots attempted three field goals, kicked two of them with Brandon Cooks. I don't know if they're scoring uh, field goals there. Maybe uh, more touchdowns could have changed the game, but I think you're both right. Uh, The offense was not the issue there. Uh, It was the defense, so uh, a split point. We still have a tie. Question number four. In the next 10 years, Cordell, will another Super Bowl be held in the north or any other relevant place with the likelihood of below freezing temperatures and snow?
1: Just build a new stadium. You may have an opportunity to host a Super Bowl. My answer is if there's a new stadium being built in some part of the northern part of this country, they knew it was going to be as cold as it was. They knew it was going to be below 10 degrees or to minus 10 degrees. They knew it was going to be that cold. And they held it anyway. Look what happened to Detroit. It didn't stop them from holding it there. That's not the greatest place in the world, but it was one of the best places. Why? Because they had a new facility. Anywhere, based on the rules, based on the things that have been said in the criteria of getting a new stadium, like there in Englewood, you're going to end up hosting a Super Bowl. So in the next 10 years, If there is one, if I'm missing it, let me know. Um, I think, look at what happened in New York. We never thought we would see a a Super Bowl in New York and thinking it would be freezing cold. And what ended up happening? What ended up happening? It ended up not snowing. It ended up being a pretty decent day. But if I'm thinking of teams that are up north, one, I don't think there's another team up north that would end up getting a new stadium. Can I, I help Bay? you?
2: I'm going to help you because this is a partnership. What if Buffalo finally gets a new stadium? They've been looking for a stadium for 20 years.
1: That may be one of the – I was I was just trying to run through it. I was rambling, but I was running through it. But if there's a new stadium, no, they're not going to do it because that city is not going to be able to host, or hold it. I mean, but that would be unfair to Buffalo. But the question is, where do you go? Where do, what do you do? You go over to Canada? I mean, what, what are we going to do here? <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna do right, float down the river. That's right. There's nothing in Buffalo but buffalo wings. You saw what they end up doing uh, to Andy Dalton in his in his foundation when winning that football game. They had an opportunity to win. What end up happening? They end up sending him a bunch of hot buffalo wings and, and some money to his foundation. So I I think even if they were to get, they're probably gonna stall that one as long as they possibly can. By the way, but I don't think it happens. When now did I think about it? They say that if they get a new facility. That they'll end up hosting a Super Bowl in that prospective city. I just think Buffalo's gonna get left out on this. Week. I have to honestly say that because where do you go in Buffalo? Have y'all Have you guys gone to Buffalo? You've seen that? Where did we go in Minnesota? We went to a mall. Hey, but that's the Mall of America, and yes. we could put in everybody was in there. So that's that's <laughs> that. Hey, the Twin Cities too, by the way. I mean, it was nice. Yes, it was lovely. But you don't have that in you don't have that in Buffalo. At the end of the day, Buffalo, you have again Canada. <laughs> I know that's another point. That's all you have. You might go across the little bridge, go through, you know, bring all your, your, all your information, your IDs, cross over on the other side, your passport, that is, cross over on the other side. You're having a good time. I think it could be done, but I'm just saying, I don't know. I've been in Buffalo. I had to hurry up and get up out of there. Quick. No, the answer is no. Nothing in Buffalo.
2: Okay. Again, it's a opinion-driven show, so let me give you what I think should happen, followed by what will happen. The answer should be no. And this is not in any way a negative evaluation of the fine people of Minnesota. I'm a battered media veteran. That was my sixth Super Bowl covered by far the best hospitality. Warm, generous people. However, for casual fans who have been priced out of the big game, thousands want to show up and enjoy the events surrounding the Super Bowl. Well, that's challenging to do when you don't have whether that's going to cooperate. So, in the interest of the league and making sure as ratings become more of a challenge, you saw the number was down this year, not an indictment of a quality game. Numbers are down because everyone's numbers are down because these kids won't get off their phones. We're not consuming traditional media the way we used to. The NFL needs the Super Bowl to be an event. That happens when you place it in Miami, New Orleans, Southern California. Still, that's my desire. The league's on the record. If you get a new stadium or go through substantial renovations, the reward is a Super Bowl. And Cordell and Abe, I'll tell you where it's going within the next 10 years. Lambeau Field. You base it in Milwaukee. That's the hub. That's where all the big things happen throughout the week. But millions of dollars have been spent surrounding Lambeau Field to increase the infrastructure, more retail, there's more to do. It's the birthplace of the National Football League. So if I'm going to give you the precise location within 10 years, Lambeau Field is going to host the Super Bowl, Abe, at which point I'll be retiring from my job as a sports commentator.
1: Hold up, Abe. So what's that, What's to do in, in, out there in, 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 in Green Bay? You're
2: going to put it in Milwaukee. That's a big city. Oh, so That's Milwaukee the base. Milwaukee is the stadium. No, Milwaukee's the base for the week. You play the game on Sunday, Lambeau How far Field. of a drive is that? Not that far. Is Abe still here? You having a sandwich? Oh, he's just listening. He's just trying to get to the, <laughs> to
1: the, to the end of this thing. I'm just you're, trying to figure you're out. You're the how judge with seven
2: minutes left in this segment.
1: Go ahead, Abe.
4: Milwaukee to Green Bay is a two-hour drive. Mm. No Super Bowl traffic. Not mm. going to happen, Brian Weber. Uh, point goes to Cordell.
2: My man. That was abrupt. <laughs> have you just given up on the segment? I Ms. was looking at the, the, the You turned the this into your audition reel to get a job on the well, air. Well, look, you should have gone to MapQuest
4: first. If you didn't give me the uh, how long is it to Milwaukee to Green Bay, not that long. I am not you the
2: fast. point, but I, I looked it up. I'd get there in an hour and a half. You know, go what, ahead, I, like, I like Abe as a host. I like a game show. And you He's know, a know a that media shows is go. take
4: even longer.
1: <laughs> all right,
2: you got five minutes left in your segment. Let's not destroy it. You What's walked next?
4: long enough through the snow in Minnesota. I know you don't want to walk all the way to Green oh, Bay. Oh, no. we Can't do that. All right, bro. final question for the win. Today is National Fettuccine Alfredo Day. Cordell, starting with you, what is your favorite go-to pasta?
1: My favorite go-to pasta? Um, I would say Fettuccine Alfredo uh, with chicken. I'm that kind of guy. I like that one. I like a spaghetti and meatballs, but I think that's very traditional. But I'm a simple old fettuccine Alfredo with chicken and nice little house salad on the side. You know, come back with a nice white rind, nice white wine, just just sparkling, and sit down and have a nice fine meal. But, yeah, I'm a a, uh, fettuccine Alfredo with chicken kind of guy. Plain and simple, straight to the point.
2: Okay. What's my counter? I give you that I'd like – Something with <laughs> marinara sauce, and then Abe gets to be the arbiter of taste. I'm not fully embracing the bit here. Would you like me to talk about pasta for the next few minutes? Go ahead, talk about I pasta. Could. Break there, it down. There's brother. only one correct answer there's here, and I'm not sure you've hit it yet. Correct. So you answer. better keep searching. Okay. Well, let and me I can give tell you the Fettuccine
4: Alfredo with chicken's not the right one.
2: Okay, so Cordell loses that point. But well, no, no you got to hit it right, too. Yeah, you may not hit it. You know, you know he just think he's going
1: to wallow yeah. his way up in there. Go ahead.
2: So maybe you could have phrased it this way, Abe, so I can be a soothsayer. What is oh, the favorite pasta for me, Abe Gordon?
4: This is literally everyone's favorite go-to pasta. Oh, everyone. Oh, this is everyone's. You now speak everyone's, yeah, everyone's one seat. Now you're getting help. This is everyone's one seat. It's almost a trick question because I don't think you're going to think of this as pasta.
2: Go ahead, Brian. <laughs> Go ahead, say some, say some Captain Crunch cereal. Go ahead. I'm just having a moment of clarity. I went to college, Cordell, to do this. To have Abe now ask me You go to culinary school or just regular question. college? <laughs> as an aside, aren't you on Slim Fast? You're not supposed to be eating pasta. I didn't say I'm I eating checked. the pasta today. And if you must know, it's
4: Nutrisystem. Slim Fast drinks are delicious, though, as well. Okay. I'm on Nutrisystem, and they have this pasta for lunches and dinners.
2: Okay, before I answer the question, I'm stalling here. Why can't we get you in touch with the sales department and use you to create some revenue? Couldn't you be the poster boy for the show? Hey, Abe, as of two weeks ago, when... How would that look? 17 lot, down, by the way. I'm down 17 so far. 17. When'd you start?
4: Uh, Three or four weeks
2: ago. My goodness, Cordell. That's a developing story. Yeah, that, that's a that da da Story. Come on, let's go. Give, give him the answer. Stop trying to... Do filibuster. you want the answer? No. Well, Did I'm going to give you my out. answer. Give it to him. Well, what you is your him answer? Already. No, last time I checked, it's not No Huddle with Abe Gordon. My name's still on well, the marquee is, next to show. Cordell Come on, Stewart. give him the answer. Here's the a average Abe music's still playing. Yeah, and it's going to play for another two minutes. Look at the clock, gentlemen. That's why I'm being expansive with my thoughts here. The answer would be spaghetti carbonara. Cordell, have you ever had that fine dish? I had the Oh, had the, had the my goodness. With the Italian sausage. Oh. About as good as it gets. Cracked egg. Now, oh, you might have sweet. a heart attack before you finish your entree, and it's something good. that you should only have once in a while. But if I, I had, had to give you day. the undisputed heavyweight champion of all pasta dishes, uh. or pasta, as James says on Vanderpump Rules. You guys watching? Vanderpump, oh my goodness, out of control this year. You have no idea what I'm talking about. Follow me on Twitter for more information about reality TV. B.W. Weber. Weber with two Bs. Cordell loves reality television, but we'll save that for another day. Yeah, I do. And the answer is spaghetti carbonara. Back to you for your wrong retort.
4: Look, spaghetti carbonara is a great choice. It, It might be a number one contender, but, brother, it ain't the champ. There's only one champ of pasta. And like I said, you might not think of it as pasta. Bro, mac and cheese. It's number one oh, yeah. pasta it's out there. I say Alfredo, mac and it's cheese. Got to say Alfredo. Everyone loves mac and cheese. You can okay. do different things with it. You can bake it. Some good old baked mac and cheese. Uh. And you can make it instantly, insta mac and cheese. Mac and cheese is the number one pasta out there, through and through. Different cheeses. You go white cheddar. You can go <laughs> American cheese, so some you Velveeta want 17 stuff.
2: Pounds? You can throw really some chicken sausage in there, a little bit uh-huh. of bacon.
4: Were you dreaming uh-huh. of
2: this last night when you put together your topics?
4: I, I I might have raged eaten a little bit of mac and cheese. Uh-huh. Rage-eating? Yeah.
1: Rage. That's a
2: lot of calories, too, isn't it?
4: It's more than the 110 calories I get per meal right now. I know that.
1: I mean, the well, way you probably fixed the plate, I'm guaranteed, it's about 400 calories, It's about
4: right? six servings per plate for me normally. My man. Mac and cheese. Number one pasta out there.
3: Okay,
1: Okay. But
4: hey, happy national fettuccine Alfredo Day. Yeah, back
1: to you, buddy. Mm. And and you're 17, you're minus 17 pounds. These are the minus 17 category. I weighed myself before
4: before the mac and cheese, so I might be back to to only minus 8 or so.
1: So how does this thing work out? Who gets the win?
4: Nobody. Oh, Cordell Cordell still got the win by sure. half point. There it is. Is. That's wins. the way it works. I mean, come
2: on. What are we doing? And, and the answer is the audience is the big loser for having to endure <laughs> another award-winning segment we call Average Ape.
0: You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. We'll be right back after this. Uh, what's going to happen with DACA? What sure. dreamers be worried?
3: We love the dreamers. Sure. We love everybody. Thank you very much.
0: I'm Matt Horton, and I'm the host and creator of Status, a podcast that tells the human stories that immigration impacts.
2: Let's talk about this. This was created by President Obama. The Trump administration announced an end.
0: If you're American, by now you've probably heard the news, but have you heard the actual real-life stories of dreamers? Listen to the new podcast, Status, Immigration
4: and People, on
0: TuneIn. This is NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart.
2: As we close out NFL No Huddle, the podcast, let's focus more on the drama in New England with Andy Hart from Patriots.com Radio. Andy, thanks for taking the time. Got to start with Josh McDaniels. Does his decision to back out of the Colts' job to stay in New England indicate to you he's now the Patriots' head coach in waiting, even if there's no formal written agreement?
5: Yeah, I don't think there's any other way to look at it. Um, I have to think across the NFL, he's a little bit toxic right now. You know, this is a guy that's coming off. Um, I remember talking to people in Denver saying Josh was the most hated person in Denver sports history when he left there. Um, comes back, rehabs his image, you know, he's gotten plenty of interviews and then makes a decision to back out after a team has already, you know, thought they hired him and announced him to the point where his agent uh, parts ways with him. So I find it hard to believe he's going to be popular in many places other than New England right now. So I have to think he made this decision. Uh, knowing that the the future, the long-term security for him was in New England. The only question is, how soon is that? And, you know, some people are saying this is Belichick's last year. I'm still not sold. I mean, I don't know exactly what happened over the last 48, 72 hours. Um, I had sort of an inclination all along that there were little circumstantial evidence where you could talk yourself into thinking maybe this was Belichick's last run. Um, I'm still really interested to see how this plays out in the coming days. I, I don't think all the dust has settled here. And uh, I'm a big believer that sometimes when things stink and they don't pass the smell test, you need to sniff around a little more until you find out what the uh, what the rotten odor is.
1: I agree with you, Andy, because it's it's almost like this has been a year uh, for this New England Patriots team where a lot of things have happened in a way that we haven't been accustomed to seeing happening, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo being let go at the time in which he was gone and and not necessarily really having a good answer for the backup. Tom Brady, he loses Alex Guerrero. I mean, it goes on and on. Not Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, not Jimmy, but uh, Rob Gronkowski uh, mentioning that, you know, there's conversation that maybe he don't know for sure what he's going to do next season. So it's it's almost as if this organization is at a point where maybe the turnover may be, uh, a time to start happening maybe now, uh, but maybe because of pride they don't because they want to go back and probably try to make another run at a championship. Well,
5: certainly, you know, it's a, it's a tidier ending if they took care of business on Sunday against the Eagles and losing and all the story with Butler and just the disappointment of that um, adds a layer to this. There's no question about that, but, you know, I've been thinking all afternoon about sort of just the reading the tea leaves and, if you remember, one of the issues in the Seth Wickersham ESPN story was that that Bill wanted a, a dynastic succession plan in New England. He wanted to pass the organization off properly. Well, the quarterback position that may have gone out the window with whatever went down with the Jimmy Garoppolo trade and, and why Jimmy Garoppolo is no longer here. And then it made me think: Well, is he thinking the same thing about his his position, the coaching position, and? okay, they, they can't have the quarterback in place, but if he lets Josh McDaniels leave and then he walks away, whether it's this offseason, next offseason, now you've left them without a coach and a quarterback. And that's not exactly a succession plan, a true dynasty to continue. And, and I remember a few years ago when he was critical of the, the Colts, when they had no backup answer to Peyton Manning and they ended up going the suck-for-luck route and everything there, and he called it irresponsible have the team fall apart like that. And I think he sees a responsibility to not only win now and do his job now, but prepare the Patriots for life after Belichick, life after Brady. And I just wonder if that's what this is. This is preparing the Patriots with, uh, you know, um, Josh McDaniels. And clearly the crafts would have to be on board. It's their franchise. It's their decision. But I just wonder if this is the succession plan. And now the question is, you know, when does the passing of the power happen? And, you know, we'll probably find that out in the coming weeks and months.
2: Chatting with Andy Hart, Patriots.com Radio. Andy, what do you make of the Rob Gronkowski retirement speculation? Is it too cynical to think this could be a ploy to try to get more money out of the Patriots? No,
5: I think that would be considered accurate. Um, That was my interpretation almost from the get-go. Certainly, Gronk fueled the speculation with the way he answered the questions post-game and, you know, how did that get out there? How would you hear about that? And, you know, I'm not ready to talk about it, but I am going to sit down and consider my future. Um, it's going to be a sticky situation with, with Gronk and his contract. They gave him the new deal this offseason, the incentives for this year that doubled his salary to almost $11 million. He achieved them by getting an all-pro season under his belt. Trouble is, the way the cap works, those incentives, more than $5 million, go on next year's cap when he already has a cap number, I believe, around $11 million. So now you're up to $16 million. If you wanted to give him a similar incentive-laden deal for next year because of his history and you never know when he's going to get hurt, Those incentives would be likely to be earned. So you're talking about a cap number of $20 million for a tight end, which just isn't really financially realistic in the NFL. Now they could do a longer-term deal with more traditional signing bonus and all those things, but now you're pushing it off down the road. And I just, I think this is going to come to a head. And I am not projecting that Rob Gronkowski will be traded by no means, but we know Bill Belichick went back into a corner on contracts and when dealing with things like this assuming he is still making all the decisions um, I just wouldn't wouldn't ever rule it out because I do think that's going to come to a head and, and Gronk is sort of making it clear that he wants a new deal I think.
1: Did Malcolm Butler's uh, absence in this game uh, increase this team's chance of losing? We know Bill Belichick is, is the guru of, 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 of throwing players in but if Malcolm Butler would have played would have been a better outcome.
5: No question. I mean, you're talking about a guy who played in 100% of the snaps previously in the postseason, 98% of the snaps uh, basically during the regular season, won you a Super Bowl in his first real action, was a Pro Bowl corner after that, was your number one corner for a couple years. You'd match him up against Antonio Brown and some of the best receivers in the game. And now you're going to tell me he's not good enough to get on a football field. And, oh, by the way, you could even sell me on whatever's going on with him, bad week of practice, head, anything. That he wasn't good enough to start the game. But once you see where the game is going and you can't stop the Philadelphia Eagles, that the people you put out there, Eric Rowe, Johnson Batamosi, Jordan Richards, going with a four safety package, a guy that's really struggled anytime he's ever played defense for New England, once you see that's not working, then, you know, the old saying, break glass in case of emergency. Butler couldn't do any worse. And I think he clearly would have done better. They didn't tackle well. He's one of their best tacklers at cornerback. So, no, I think it's, it's a little much for Patriots fans to say if Belichick had played Butler, we'd have another Super Bowl ring. But he gives you a better chance. You have a better chance, as that game played out, to get Jordan Richards off the field or Johnson Batamosi off the field and put Butler out there, trickle-down effect with Rowe and sort of the other coverage options. There, there's just no debating that. You would, you would have had a better chance if you at least took a shot with Butler. Why he didn't do that? We may never know because you know he's not going to tell us, and you know Butler claims he doesn't know. So I don't know that we'll ever know why. But the Patriots would have had a better chance. Yes.
2: And if he wasn't going to play Butler, why was he even dressed? I know he had a cameo on special teams, but if you're going to not have one of your best defensive players out there, why they even allow him to be active?
5: It's a great question. It's great that you bring up the, the one snap on punt, um, punt return. There was only one punt in the game, so we'll never know if there had been a different type of game, if there had been nine or ten punts or something ridiculous, would he have played every one of those and those have been his only snaps? I don't know. You know, there's also been a lot of speculation, although Butler issued his statement saying all the reports of anything were ridiculous, speculation that within the 90-minute window after you already announced your inactives, something happened. He got into an altercation with a coach. He blew up whatever. I don't know that to be true. You know, I've ne- certainly not heard that with any reliability that anything like that happened. But that's a theory. Another theory thrown around is just that, you know, Belichick wanted to make an example of him. You know, wanted to just put him there on the sideline and have people see what happens when you go against authority or whatever it may be. Make a point, prove a point with him. I'd like to think that's not the case because, in my opinion, Bill always says he does what's in the best interest of the football team, which is certainly a loose. Vague phrase because you can look at it short-term, long-term, day of game, you know, program, establishing a trend, whatever. But in the best interest of the football team was either Malcolm Butler plays or you activate somebody who is going to play rather than playing a man down in the Super Bowl, which is what they did. So it's a great question. Again, I'll add it to the mix of ones we may never have an answer to unless one of those two guys spills the beans.
1: Andy, what part of this game when watching it uh, you said – uh, that this team may be in trouble for the first time in a very long time when when knowing that the latter part of games, New England has always been able to come through. I mean, games were close, but they were able to come through. When, What part of this game you saw where you, you may have said, you know what, we're struggling a little bit. We may not have a chance to come out of this one.
5: You know, Certainly when you go down and you don't maximize your scoring opportunities in the first half, and you know Coach Belichick always says games declare themselves at some point in the first half. You you'd sort of see, feel and see what type of game it was going to be. Well, this game declared itself as a track meet. You knew there were going to be a lot of points scored. You know teams were going up and down the field. I think there was a stretch there where it was at nine straight scoring drives combined between the two teams. And when you can't get off the field on third down, that's a major problem. That's a hallmark of, you know, a good Patriots defense, the bend but don't break. But they were bending and then they were breaking. They couldn't tackle. They couldn't get off the field. And you just felt like sooner or later somebody's going to make a mistake that's going to decide this game. And in the end, it was the Patriots' offensive line. I thought they had a very good day against a good defensive front. But in the end, the one strip sack sways the game and really just changed the complexion. But to me, it was about the defense. And quite frankly, I'll be honest with you, I, Jordan Richards is one of the nicest guys in that locker room. He's a young safety who's never been able to find a position on defense. When he plays on defense, bad things happen. It happened in the opener. Bill Belichick had him out there in sort of a hybrid linebacker role against the Chiefs. He couldn't do the job. They ran all over it. They put up big plays, and they won the game. Well, this is a similar Eagles-Chiefs offense, Doug Peterson coming from Andy Reid. When I saw Jordan Richards out there to start the game or, or early on in that game, I didn't like it. I thought that was immediately overthinking and a wrinkle that wasn't going to work. So that was my first clue. But the bigger clue would be the inability to tackle, the inability to cover and get off the field on third down. And that's what all the players talked about post game. whether it was Daron Harmon, Devin McCourty. You know, they couldn't get off the field. They couldn't make a play when they needed to. And late in the game, the Eagles did make the play they needed to, to swing the momentum and change the game.
2: Chatting with Andy Hart, Patriots.com Radio. Andy, last one for me. Now that the offseason's is officially underway. What are the main priorities for the Patriots moving forward?
5: Well, I think certainly the first will be the coaching staff settling this in um, so Josh McDaniels is back we're now assuming Bill Belichick is back Tom Brady's back okay offensively you have some continuity I still have questions about Dante Scarnecchia, 70 year old offensive line coach and Ivan Sears, their running backs coach both in my opinion could decide to retire at any time I'm still waiting to see what they decide to do and then defensively does Brian Flores just get promoted to, to defensive coordinator is he going to call the plays on defense the linebackers coach who actually interviewed for a head coaching job this offseason, You know, there was some rumors talk of Greg Schiano coming in. He's decided to stay at Ohio state. So I think first and foremost, you need to figure out the coaching staff and that continuity before you begin all the, the draft process. And then I think you go to Rob Gronkowski. I mean, if this is a legitimate issue, that's a big part of the offense. We saw it in the super bowl. They were struggling coming out of halftime. They were down. What did they do? Throw to Gronk, throw to Gronk, throw to Gronk touchdown. That's how they get out of jams. We saw it in the Steelers game late. He's such a key matchup issue. And just even more, you know, the old school security blanket for a quarterback. Screw that. He's the playmaker for the offense in Tom Brady. So you need to figure out if Rob Gronkowski is a member of this football team next year, whether it's contract, retirement, whatever. And then you get to the other issues. You're going to need to retool a little bit on defense. You're going to get some guys healthy. I don't think they have any glaring needs, really. They need to augment this roster, probably find another corner because Butler will be gone and figure out the situation at left tackle with Nate Solder, who's a free agent. But to me, it starts coaching staff and Rob Gronkowski. If you get those solidified, you're well on your way to another good offseason and building towards you know, a competitive team for next year.
2: Finally, and most importantly, is Cordell Markman in New England. You know, as we are wrapping up our coverage in Minnesota, he walked over to your compound and he dropped that bombshell, picking Philadelphia to win the Super Bowl.
5: Well, when you're right, it's it's hard to be a marked man, I guess. Right? You know, when you get the call right, um, and I guess the uh, the not done network turned into the hashtag all done network. Give the (laughs) Eagles credit. I don't know if you guys saw it. That's I I give the Eagles credit on social media after the game. They tweeted out done, and you know they were right. It's a very Patriots way of doing things. You talk after you win. You don't talk before the game. And uh, whether it's Cordell or the Eagles, they they deserve the right to gloat because they got the job done, and the Patriots didn't.
2: Well, Andy, yeah, I mean, you it... talked win, lose, draw, preseason <laughs> rain or shine. We really appreciate all yeah. your help every step of the way this season on the NFL on TuneIn.
5: It was really my pleasure, and you know, if you want to keep it going the off season, we'll talk draft and trades. I don't know if you've noticed, but it feels like the Patriots are always at the epicenter. Of NFL talk. It's almost no matter what happens, they win, they lose, guys come, guys go. go. It's always Patriots talk. So anytime you're looking, I'm ready.
2: And that's why you have plenty of job security. Thanks, Andy. We'll be in touch soon. (laughs)